Amen. Would you join with me in prayer? Lord God, we ask that as we look into your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit would teach us this morning, God, that we would be transformed in our hearts and our minds, in our understanding, God, of what it means to worship you through giving and through generosity. And we pray these things in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So this morning when I talk about giving, what I want to talk about is generosity. I believe that the theme of the New Testament is generosity, that that's what God desires more than anything. And so I want to give you a definition of generosity that I've created based upon this text that we read. And I believe this, that generosity is an attitude of your heart. I believe that God wants our hearts more than anything else. He wants our hearts first. He doesn't want our wallets. He wants our hearts because God has everything that he needs. But what he desires is relationship with us. So generosity is an attitude of your heart, a disposition towards your possessions that they are to be enjoyed and shared rather than kept and hoarded. And it is believing that God is an infinite and endless giver so that I can give extravagantly what we call sowing, knowing that I will receive abundantly. Let me read that again. It's believing that God is an infinite and endless giver. And so I can give extravagantly, knowing that I will receive abundantly. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Everybody say extravagantly. Woo, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Say abundantly. abundantly. And that's what we're talking about with generosity. You see, generosity is one of those words that just takes us into another realm, isn't it? It's not just about giving a little bit here and there. It's not just about sharing a little bit here and there. But generosity is about this overflow. When we talk about extravagance and we talk about abundance, right, our mind just goes hopefully into bigger places because that's who God is. See, God's invitation is an invitation for us to enter into how big God is. And sometimes we, we, we tend to make certain things very small in our mind. And so I want to come at this from a little bit of a different angle this morning. Anybody who's ever been in church knows that churches talk about giving, right? Churches talk about giving money. In fact, people say that Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else in the Bible. And by the way, I've been doing podcasts during this Back to Basic, and my podcast is going to be on what did Jesus really say about money in the Bible? Because I think we think we know what he said, but I want to look at what he actually said and some of the things that he taught. But as my wife points out, the reason Jesus talked about money so much is because that's what we talk about so much. <laughs> Jesus knew that money is so much on our mind that he was going to use what could relate to us, right? And as soon as we start talking about money, people, oh, they get your attention, right? Because we're always talking about money. We're always talking about that. In fact, our whole society and system, I mean, everything kind of revolves around that. Sometimes it feels like that. But God wants us to know that he desires for us to be generous. And so I look at this text that Tia Jen read for us this morning, and I look at it as the foundation for what the New Testament teaches about giving. And the very first thing it says is that we should make a decision in our heart on what to give, right? Make a decision in our heart on what to give. So let me take a moment, okay? And I know I'm going to disrupt people a little bit this morning, but please hang on. Trust the Holy Spirit in this process, all right? I don't talk about tithing the way other churches talk about tithing. And I want to give you the reasons why I don't. Because I believe this one statement alone really flips that whole thing. Because to an audience that was used to under the law, under the Old Testament law, you were required to give 10%. I mean, that was non-negotiable. You just give it because you have to give it. To say, make a decision in your own heart about how much you're going to give is a radical shift from that. And the reason I talk about tithing different is this. It is a part of the Old Testament law. 
And we need to be careful as Christians when we start to apply the old covenant to the way that we live under the new covenant. All right, now hang with me, hang with me on this. First of all, there are two commandments that cover everything, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We start there. And then we have the Ten Commandments, which are commonly agreed upon. These are still good guidelines and rules for us as people in our society. But then you have like over 600 other commandments. Tithing is not a part of the two, and it's not a part of the ten. So it falls into this category of we really need to use wisdom and discernment about how we apply that into our lives. And I want to give us a couple ways that we can do that this morning because we need to remember and be careful that because Jesus died on the cross, because he shed his blood, we are under a new covenant. We are under a new agreement with God. He came not to abolish the law, but to complete it, to fulfill it, to say that its time has been done. And we need to be very, very careful of that. For if you go to this verse that I'd like to share in the next slide, you need to remember, this is what Paul said, the writer of what we read this morning and this particular passage. Through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And here's the key, gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So we must be careful. I'm not saying that's what we always do when people preach on tithe. But if we set ourselves under the law again, then then Christ died for nothing. Nobody wants that, do they? Nobody, no Christian in their right mind really wants to say Christ died for nothing, but Christ died to set us free. And I believe not so that we can do less, but so that we can do more. Are you with me? Not so that we can do less, but we can actually do more and what it's all about. So does that mean the Old Testament doesn't have any value? No, the Old Testament does have value. But the value is in understanding the principles behind the law. And if you can go to the next slide, I'm going to leave it up there in Spanish as well, this verse, so that you can see that if you want to read it in Spanish, is that God wants us to know the principles of those laws so even though we're not strictly under that we can understand what the intent was and make a decision in our own heart about how we're going to honor God are you still with me so the intent of the tithe was what that you should give to God you should you should give to God it's not an option not 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 to give you need to give and that we should give God from the first of what we have. And we should give God the best of what we have. Those are the principles that still apply when it comes to giving. But there's an important thing that he says in this passage, you should not give under compulsion. And if I could just do a little personal confession, and I just want to be real. Many times I've sat under teachings and preachings about tithing that I think creates a compulsion. It creates a guilt. It's manipulative. It's heavy-handed. I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes it is. And to me, that gets into dangerous territory because you're setting aside the grace of God. And more than that, it's like you're not trusting God. Like you're doing so much effort on your own that you're not trusting God, that he is the one that provides from beginning to end. So to not give under compulsion, we need to be careful that we're not putting people under a legalism. And sometimes, sometimes talking about a tithe or giving 10% can become a legalism in the church life in our lives and we need to be set free from that because really if you want to know the truth the tithe is just the beginning point god really wants us to give more and more and more to become more and more generous and to really give it all to jesus who gave himself up all for us right 
So it's really just the beginning point. We don't want to give under compulsion. And one more thing I want to say about the tithe is that Jesus warned the Pharisees that it's possible to be legalistic, to honor the tithe, and to miss the point. He told the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, he said, you're faithful to tithe the 10% of your spices, the 10% of your mint, the 10% of your dill, all of this exact 10% that you're giving, but you've neglected the more important matters of justice, mercy, and faith. You should have done the latter without neglecting the former. You see, I believe that God, that can help you get started. But if it doesn't help you, then start somewhere else. Start with an amount that you've decided. Start with something else because really whatever you start with is just the starting point. God wants us to give. God wants us to give generously. God wants us to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God wants us to give what we have decided in our heart that we should give to the Lord. So I believe that this whole passage read this morning teaches us these things about generosity. If you can go to the next slide. And these are going to be my points for this morning. Number one, give cheerfully and give generously. Amen? Give cheerfully and give generously. You know, giving creates joy, does it not? Let me try to get to this this verse I want to look at here for a second. Amen. Giving should create joy. If giving is an act of worship, right, then our worship should be done with joy and with gladness. Listen to what it says in Psalm 100, encouraging us to have joy in our worship. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Did we not praise the Lord through all of our songs this morning, saying those exact same things, amen? Did we not praise the Lord? And shouldn't there be joy and thanksgiving in our hearts? So if giving money to God and to God's work is an act of worship, then it should be done joyfully. It should be done cheerfully. For you see, we should give with a smile on our face because it puts a smile on other people's faces and it puts a smile on God's face. And there's joy when we give generously, when we give cheerfully. And I want to just pause for a moment and say this. You don't have to be wealthy to be generous. Let me say it again. You don't have to be wealthy to be generous. For if generosity is an attitude of your heart, that whatever I have, it's made to be shared and enjoyed, not hoarded and kept for myself, then you can be generous no matter what's in your wallet, no matter what's in your bank account, no matter if you have a lot or you have a little, you can be generous knowing that God will provide for you. But you give generously and cheerfully. Oh, have you ever seen someone who's generous? They have a smile on their face all the time, don't they? When I think of the best example of this that I could bring you this morning it's my friend pastor roberto from the church in mexico that we support pastor roberto you know works at a very limited income compared to what we make in america i mean his finances uh, most of most of you i, I would say most if not all of you would have a struggle living on the finances that he lives on and his house is very small it's smaller than the room that we meet in but every year we go to visit he wants everybody to come to his house and we've had 20 30 40 one time we had 65 people in his tiny little house and did it bother him? No, but there was a huge smile on his face. And he came out, right, with all kinds of drinks that he made for us and coffee drinks and smoothies. And all of a sudden there's donuts, right, Pastor Angel? And all of a sudden there's fruit that comes out of nowhere. And you're like, where is this all coming from? Because he's generous. 
Everything that he has, right? Praise God. Everything that he has, he gives away. He, he has this attitude of generosity that God wants us to have. And here's the second point. I believe that, a, that an attitude of generosity comes from a faith that trusts God completely because he will provide abundantly. You can trust God completely because he will provide abundantly. Let's take a look again at the passage that, um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in good work. God will provide abundantly. You can trust him completely to do that. Look at verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will will supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Notice he's talking about seed and bread. He's talking about sowing and harvesting. So from the beginning to the end, God will provide. He'll give you the money that you even need to give, right? And then as you give, he'll give you the return on that. God is involved in providing for you from the beginning to the end. From the time you start till the time you take your last breath, God is in control of all of your life and God is faithful to provide he has promised in his word that you will have everything that you need look at verse 11 you will be rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion are you noticing the words all every i mean this is pretty radical isn't it he's not saying you'll have it some of the time so that you can be generous one day a month he's saying you will have what you need in abundance catch this so that you can be generous it's not for you. God's not going to bless you with things so that you can hoard them and so that you can keep them. In fact, those who try to hold on to it, no matter how much they have, they end up losing it, right? Jesus had a story about that. He said there was a man that hoarded everything and he built more and more barns to hold all the stuff he had. And one night God came and he demanded his life and what happened to everything that he had hoarded. It was gone. It was gone. You see, God wants, us, God wants to be generous to us so that we can continue to be generous and to give to other people. You can trust God completely because he will provide abundantly. Amen? It's like that song that we sang this morning, right? Faithful to the end. There wasn't a day that you weren't by my side. There wasn't a day that you let me fall. In all of my life, your love has been true. With all of my life, I will worship you. Amen. I wish I had a couple people more than Lisa and me that understood that in their lives this morning. I wish I had a couple people that understood that God's been faithful. Has God been faithful to you? Then you need to say so. Then you need to say amen. By the grace of God, this month, I've spent 30 years of my life in ministry. I've served in six different churches all over the country. When I had kids and when I didn't have kids, in small churches and big churches, and I've seen that God has always provided. God has always been faithful. I have always had what I needed to do everything that God has wanted me to do. And were there times when I wondered, oh yes, were there times where it was like, okay, God, it's the 11th hour, and if you're not here by 1130, I don't know what's going to happen, but God came through. And sometimes it was the second hour, and I didn't even know I needed it, and God came through. God has provided not only in my life, but in the churches I've been in, in the ministries I've been in. God has always provided. But here's the point at which we're at today, friends. That's what God has done. What is God going to do in your life? What do you believe God is going to do? Because it will affect the way you live. Where we flip it and we say there won't be a day 
that you're not by my side. There won't be a day that you let me fall. You will be true. You will be faithful in all of my life. Friends, if I can tell you anything this morning, I want to tell you that you can trust God completely because God will provide abundantly. You can trust God completely because God will provide abundantly. And I know that God will, and I know that God will provide each and everything that we need if we trust him. If we trust him, and when we're generous, it not only comes from joy, it not only comes from gratitude to God, it comes from a trusting God in a God who gave up everything for us. We don't trust him just because God said it, we trust God because he did it. And I need to spend a few moments today just proclaiming to you what Jesus Christ has done for us, right? Because you'll notice at the very end of this passage, Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And how many of you know that the indescribable gift of God is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? That God gave up everything for us. Romans 8 says that God, who did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not, along with Jesus Christ, graciously give us all things? There's that word again, all. And he says in another place in 1 Corinthians, all things are yours because you are of Christ and Christ is of God so that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Somebody give praise to God for that. Somebody give praise to God for that. You need to hear that, okay? And say it. Say all, all. All means all. God is the all in all. He is the provider of all because he is the creator of all. He is the sustainer of all. There's nothing that can escape God's provision. There's nothing that can escape his mind. There's nothing that slips through his fingers. There's nothing that falls outside of his love because that's how complete and how all-encompassing God is. And Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Gave his life When Jesus Christ came, he gave up all of those privileges of God. When Jesus Christ came, he could have ended poverty, right? By writing a heavenly check or swiping his father's credit card, right? He could have ended it all because he has all those resources. But what did he do? He chose to pour into us. He fed people. He forgave people. He healed people. He provided for people, right? He reached out to the lost. He went out to the lost. He welcomed them. He gave them a home. He gave them an identity. He gave them life. He gave up everything for us. And what did he endure? They mocked him. They slandered him. They falsely accused him. They arrested him. He was beaten. He was bruised. He hung on the cross. He died for us. He gave every last ounce of the blood of his life for us, thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. And the love so amazing. All my old school church people now, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Right? It's a response. My hope and prayer today is not that you would feel some kind of pressure or compulsion or guilt. You need to be set free from that guilt but that God's spirit would somehow transform your heart so that giving is just, I just give. Nothing is hindering my giving anymore. I give it, I don't worry about it anymore because I know that my giving is doing two things in the last two points. It's spreading the gospel and it's glorifying God. Notice what Paul says, this service you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. In other words, it is supplying the needs of God's people so that the gospel can be proclaimed 
And it is bringing glory to God because people are thanking God and praising God in ways that they've never done before. Now, giving, all giving, most giving is good. And I encourage you in your generosity to give. Give to people as they have need. Give to those that God puts in your path. Give to organizations and causes that are working for good in the world. But this particular verse is talking about giving to the church, giving to the work of the Lord. And that's a unique giving, and that's a giving that God calls forth because the gospel needs to be spread, the good news of God's love through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So I want to be very transparent and very honest with you this morning, and maybe an education for some of you here this morning. What happens to money that you give to the church, right? Well, it goes to support God's people. First and foremost, I'm not going to lie, it provides for me and my family. That's what giving does. And I'm not ashamed of that. I mean, that's, that's the way that God has said it's good to give to people that are working for the Lord. So that is what your giving goes to. Your giving also goes to support other people. We pay Pastor Rosalie not very much. Rosalie actually gives us 10 times what she gets paid from the church. And I just want to honor and give thanks to Pastor Rosalie this morning. And why does she do that? Because she's generous. She displays the spirit of generosity. She understands that I can't, as they used to say, outgive God, right? It is impossible because God will provide abundantly. And she gives of herself in so many ways. And we give thanks and we honor God for that. But it helps support her in what she does and the things that we need, you know, for the finances of the church. What else does the money that you give to our church go to? Well, we rent this space every Sunday because we want people to come and experience the glory and the power of God and all of this equipment that we buy and we hire the custodians and the, and the security guys out there. Part of the money you give is helping provide for them and for their families. And we support children's ministry. Our children are being loved on and taught about God this moment as we're meeting here in their room. And the money you give gives to the youth. The youth are in this row in the middle. They just went to a camp. They just had an amazing experience. And in a lot of ways, they were able to go because you gave. Because people gave to this church, and we try to meet the needs of people in the community, and we try to help people so that if you, as a part of this church, have a need, you can come to us, and we will try to help you meet that need with love and with wisdom. And we give money to our conference and our denomination so that other churches can be planted, both in America and around the world. And part of the money you give goes down to Mexico and helps support Pastor Roberto and his ministry down there. And another part of the money you give goes to Honduras and helps support the orphanage and Pastor Antonio and the ministry there and part of what you do goes into the city of Hartford as we seek to bless them and to glorify God's name friends I want to tell you that as I am strongly and passionately from the word of God saying it is good and right and proper to give to the house of God to give to the church where you go we are committed to be faithful that every single dollar you give will go to the proclamation of the gospel and go to glorifying God's name for what is my job simply? My job, what you pay me for is, is my job, the Bible says, is to equip you. To equip you to do everything God has called you to do, to fulfill your ministry and your purpose in life. A lot of people look at pastors and they're, they're, they're celebrities, you know, and they think they're like the star athletes or whatever. No, we're really just the coaches. We're really the coaches. You guys are the star athletes. You guys are the superstars. You guys are the Tom Brady's and the LeBron Jameses of Hartford City Church because my job is to equip you and to release you to do what God is. And so, so what this allows me to do is it gives me time to invest in that and to invest in this community. And that's why I'm asking you to consider what God is laying on your heart 
to give to Hartford City Church because it's his vision for his glory. And we are careful to remember this last point, that it glorifies God. One of the reasons that we even began this church a little over three years ago is we wanted a place where people could know how great God is. That's what it means to glorify God. We want people to know that God is great. We want people to know that God is good. We want people to know that God is love. And why is that glorifying God? Because there are too many people that right now are in all of these places around us that don't believe that about God. But we as a church, every single dollar that you give goes to us in every way through word and deed, proclaiming that God is alive. A lot of people think that God is irrelevant in their life, but we want a church where people know God is so relevant to your life. In fact, you can't make it without God. We have a lot of people that believe that God is distant, that God is far away from them. We want a place we can come every week and say, hey, God's not far away from you. In fact, he's closer than you think. His presence is so close right now that you will feel its power and that you will feel its presence in your life. There are people out there who think, God doesn't care about me. But we want people to know that God not only cares about you, he loves you with an everlasting love that will never go away. That will never go away. And to that end, that's why giving to the house of God glorifies God because the house of God that is faithful, everything that it does is geared towards proclaiming how great and good God is, to sharing the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ gives us life healing and forgiveness through his death resurrection and the power of his name in our lives hallelujah hallelujah that's what we're about that's what we're about so knowing all of that knowing all of that if you want to experience god's power and presence in your life then ask god to give you a heart of generosity and let your giving be a way of stepping into that flow Stepping into that faith. You know, really, God wants everything, right? And you know, I say it almost every week, not everyone can give. You may not have the ability to give any money yet, but God will provide for you. And when he does, the point is that so you can begin giving. But God wants our hearts. And again, I would be remiss this morning if I didn't give you that opportunity. Have you given your heart to God? He wants your heart first. In fact, if you haven't given your heart to God, it might be hard to give any money to God. It might be hard to make any donations if your heart isn't given to God. If you haven't trusted him with your life, the one who gave his life for you says, trust me with your whole life. Would you give your heart to God today? Would you simply say, God, here's my heart. Here's my life. I give it to you. And then after you've done that, amen, amen, start playing. After you've done that, what can you give to God today? What can you give? I'd like everyone to just consider that this morning. Normally when we receive our offering, we have people standing at the doors to collect it. Today we're going to pass the buckets down the aisle. And there's offering envelopes if you want to use it. Some of you give online, and we thank God for that. And there are people who don't even come to this church that give online that really support us. And we give, and thank, give praise and thanks God for that. You can give today online. You can go on your phone and you can go to our website, hartfordcitychurch.com, and you can make a donation. So I thank you if you've already given. But today I just, in response to this, wanted to ask us all together, whatever the amount is, whatever God puts in our heart, could we give to God today? Could we give a special donation? Could we make a commitment that we will start giving to God more and more, knowing what this is truly all about? Would you join with me in prayer before we do that this morning? And again, in this quiet moment of prayer, just close your eyes, just focus on God's presence right now. God loves you and gave up himself for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, would you do it now? Would you say, Jesus, I believe in everything the pastor said about what you did. 
and I give my life to you. Would you forgive me? Come into my heart. Make me a new person. Just pray that in your own words this morning. Hallelujah. And what is God calling you to give this morning? Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, not because it's a legalism, but believing in your heart that God is an endless giver. His gifts and provisions are infinite. Oh, let me pray this morning before we give. Let me pray for each and every person that needs God to provide. Amen. With no one else looking around, would you just raise your hand if God needs to provide for you this week? Because I want to say a special prayer. God, right now, for these people that are bold enough to raise your hand, would you provide? Would you give them what they need this morning, God? Would you be faithful to your word, God? God, I don't want to stand here and just say words that aren't true, God. I want you to show yourself real and provide for each and every person, God, that is raising their hand and saying, yes, God, I need your provision today. I need your help this week just to make it through. Oh, God, would you release... Would you release provision, God, through money, gift cards, whatever, God. You were so creative and infinite in the ability that you have to provide for us, God. Thank you. And trust that God will provide for you. And, 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 and as you raised your hand this morning, would you just raise your voice every day in prayer and just cry out to God every day and say, God, I need your provision for today. I need your provision for today. And now because we have been blessed, because we want our hearts to be changed and transformed, I ask you to think about what you can give to God this morning. What gift can you give? And if you've already given, just, we thank you, you know, just give thanks to God for what you've given. There's no, there's no judgment here. There's nobody's going to know what you put in and what you don't put in. You may want to give online. You may want to give something this morning. But God, I just want to pray as we give that we all would trust you for the provision of this church, God. Lord, as a pastor, I want to be a pastor that boldly proclaims this truth of generosity, but equally trusts in you and you alone to provide, God. Not in the power of my persuasion or the wisdom of my words, Lord God, but because your Holy Spirit will move upon hearts, both here and even around the world, to give to us, Lord God. Lord, may every single cent, every dollar donated be used to spread the gospel and be used to glorify your name, God. Lord, keep us faithful and accountable to that. Lord God, we want to worship you now through giving. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And we need to say thanks, don't we? Just thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for your resurrection life and power. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your prayers and intercession for us this morning. Thank you that we have all that we need through you and that all of our requests can be brought to you, Jesus. We thank you and we worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pass the buckets this morning and just give as God enables you in your heart and let's just continue to worship the Lord as we do that. Even as you're giving, continue to offer prayers of thanksgiving in your heart to God, what he's going to do. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and get ready as well as we get ready to close our service. Hallelujah.